Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. All right, I'm going to pray for you, uh, and then we're going to start this off together, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to uh, lead us uh, the rest of the way and into communion. But Lord, I thank you that uh, during this, uh, this series here, we can get to know your character more. Lord, I, I'm so excited to, to know that, that our, our entire lives we can live getting to know your character and we'd never get tired or bored and we'd constantly learn more. But during these seven weeks, we're learning about some key traits of yours that, that change our lives forever. So would you bless uh, this message today? Lord, I thank you for being my friend, for being our friend and for having the desire to be the best friend of every human on the planet at every given moment. That's your desire. And, and I thank you for that. And we can know what it's like to step into a friendship with God. So bless Jeremy as he shares and bless uh, the rest of our service as we take communion and worship you. And I pray, amen. Amen. So we were talking a little bit this week though. And uh, you know, we've been friends for a little while now, but we were talking about this week about what are some attributes like, what is a friend? What does that even mean? What does it look like to be a friend? And, and how, how, are some, how are some of those details kind of like wrapped in God, like his attributes? And you had a few thoughts about that. Yeah, so, you know, I was, uh, I was thinking about my own life and just my friendship with God. And it was a, it was a, it's been, it was a rocky first uh, 30-ish years of, of life getting to know God because I struggled with so many of his aspects because I had so much pride and anger. Um, and so friendships came hard to me. And then as he finally broke through at my, at my breaking point, um, he just showed me, Scott, I, wanna, I really want to do life with you. Like, you really matter to me. And I'm like, yeah, but you, you probably say that to all 7 billion of us, right? <laughs> I, I mean, my, my logic brain couldn't get over that. And it was really through him showing me I'm here for you and I'm with you. And then him showing himself through good friends in my life that I began to really understand. And, and so even this week, I was drawn back to so many moments in my life where real friends, like human friends, not just God as my best friend, but human friends came through and, and they were the, the literal presence of God in that moment for that thing, for that time, for that issue, for that struggle. Uh, I remember one time, and I've told this story before about my son, Kian, when, he, uh, when we, we weren't sure if he had leukemia as a baby or this other issue that would clear itself up. And, and, and I remember calling Nate Steele. I was standing on my back deck and I called Nate and I said, I'm not gonna bury another kid. Like, I won't do it. Like, I don't know what a choice I would have had. But in the moment I was like, no, I'm just not gonna do it. And he can't do this to me. And like, I'm on the phone with him. And the next thing I know, you know, we live five minutes from each other. The next thing I know, he's pulling into my, my driveway or my, dirt road uh, that I had. <laughs> I didn't have a driveway. Uh, and and he, just, he just came there to be, he didn't, have, he didn't have an answer. He didn't have a solution like for me to step into. He didn't fix it for me, but he was, he was present and he ministered to me as a friend. He met me where I was in my brokenness and my fear because I just pictured burying my son, just like I had buried our firstborn years earlier, and I couldn't, I couldn't fathom life. And, and so Nate was just there. And, and so many times I, I've been able to be that in some people's lives and, and, and people like, like Nate or somebody else, they meet you where you are and they're the presence of God. 
that, that presence that just says, I'm here and I'm for you and I'm with you. Uh, it reminds me, I'll have you hold this for a second. There's a passage, it's a famous one in, in John 15 that, that Jesus says, and he, and he talks about ultimate friendship. And he, and he says, he's talking, he says, you show, this is John uh, 15, verse 14. You show that you're my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. And I, you know, it's like, okay, but I don't, I'm not always good at always obeying every command. But, but he, he tells us that's, that's friendship. You, you listen to me and you follow my written word. And he says, this is where it gets very close friendship related. I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in, confide in his servants. Servants don't always understand what the master is doing because he doesn't let them in. But I call you my most intimate and cherished friends for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen you. And, and he, he lets us know right there, hey, I want to be your friend. James tells us in James chapter two that Abraham believed God. God said, because you believe me, I'm making you right before me. And then God says, and because you're right, I want to be your friend. We just, by faith, believe we're made right. And then God says, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to be your friend. I needed you to believe in me so that I could impart Jesus' righteousness to you. But I long to be your friend. Proverbs tells us that, that, that a true friend like Jesus is closer than anyone at any time, through anything we go through. And, and, you know, sometimes we struggle with that aspect. He's so big and holy, right? He's so gigantic and blows our minds, right, that, that it's hard to figure out. But, but then he wants to be our friend. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. And, and, and so my encouragement to you as, you as you hear this message that Jeremy's going to bring us about he's my friend, this character trait of God is... My encouragement to you is don't leave here thinking the same thing about friendship with God. Amen. Like, he's not just a friend because he has to be because uh, Jesus died for you. He's not just a friend because, uh, well, it sounds good. He, he wants you. He wants to be your friend, and he wants you to be his friend. I remember years ago when I was uh, working in, in, in the Arlington, Dallas area, um, and I was working at a, a theme park, and... He wasn't the governor yet, but he was the part owner of the Rangers, uh, you know, George Bush. And something happened, and they needed to land their helicopter. Uh, so they called, and they said, can we land it in your parking lot? And I'm like, of course, as long as I can meet you, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so I went out there pretending like I was somebody. Uh, but I was like the only, like, manager on, on site at the time. And I went out there, and I met him, and, and I'm walking away, my secure, our security guy who guarded the gate was there, and he's like, oh, wouldn't that be cool to be his friend? I'm like, I know, we we're just talking about that. And I thought about that the other day. I'm like, yeah, I was just a person. And he's a great guy, and I loved him as my governor, as my president, and uh, he's a good Texas boy, but, but he's just a guy. But God, mm-hmm. not only wants to be your friend, but if you know Jesus, he is your friend. Yep. And he says, I've... You believe me, I made you right, and now we're buddies. You and God. And you're like, yeah, but then he knows my thoughts, right? And he still wants to be your friend. So take that and let's, let's go out there and let's give that away. People are lost and broken and hurting and angry and, and struggling and fearful and prideful. They feel rejected. And there's this friend that says, I, I want to know you. I'll stick closer to you than anyone has ever stuck to you.
So let him be your friend. And then when we take communion later, remember that Jesus said, there's no greater thing a friend can do for someone than to lay his life down. And then he did. And so when we take communion today, we're remembering a friend who died for us so that we could be free, free forever. Pastor Jeremy, it's all you. That's good stuff. Thank you, Pastor Scott. I, uh, I remember your back deck in one scenario, and that was the story I was going to share because I called them in the one afternoon in the middle of the day. There's something about that back deck. It was like a healing place. But um, I called them and I said, I might kill him. And he's like, no, you should come to my house. Don't do that. I mean, that's a good friend, right? I mean, at the end of the day, so I, I, again, I drove over there, I pulled in and we sat in his back deck and, you know, I uh, let my fury go on what was. And he said, yeah, I'm glad you came here and you're not in jail. So, but, but there is that kind of thing. But I think a lot of the times with God, like this relationship is easy, but it, it is a thing. And I really felt like as, as Scott was talking, the Holy Spirit said, but it is, it is a value problem a lot of times. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you are worthy of my friendship. Amen. Somebody needs to hear that today. I don't know who that is. I think I need to be reminded that God actually wants to have that kind of intimate, close relationship with me. God, you want to you wanna be where I am. Yeah, it's not always pretty being where I am, but he desires to walk with us and be with us. And he's reliable, amen? He's... He, uh, he honors his word, right? He, he's committed, I mean, you know, up until death on a cross, like that's how committed to you he is and that's, that's how much he is and he's faithful to continue to pursue us even in our wanderings and our lost times. I always say this to you, find out who your real friends are when you move. Amen? <laughs> you know beyond a shadow of a doubt if you call up, you're like, I gotta move. <coughs> oh, thank you. I was going to tell you, I, thank you, see? That's a good friend. We got to move somebody. I'm out, right? Christopher, we got to move somebody again. Don't call me, please. I love you, but not today. That's, but that's what we do. Like, sometimes it's hard. Relationships aren't always easy, but God is a close God. He's not a far off God. Since Genesis in the garden with Adam and Eve, when they royally mess it all up, what does he do? He goes to them. He doesn't run, he's not like <laughs> repelled by their sin. He's just like, oh man, you have royally messed this up. They hide. I mean, can you imagine hiding from God? It's kind of not smart. But anyway, um, he comes and he's like, Adam and Eve, come, let me fix you. Let me, let me walk with you even through the hard thing. I mean, that's who God is. He wants to fix it all. I mean, he met with Moses face to face. He spoke to Abraham and said, hey, go that way, and I'm not going to tell you where you're going, but I'm with you. I mean, that's pretty amazing. So what does it mean to be, a, if I say friend of God, or maybe I am a friend of God, what pops into your head? I am a friend of God. Come on. I am a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. He calls me friend. Boom, 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 boom. Anyway, you know that came into your head. I'm singing in my car by myself this morning. That's where it needs to stay. Okay. <clears throat> but James chapter 2, verses 21 through 23, I'm going to read that and then we're going to 
move on down the line, it says, don't you remember that your ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Uh, complete. And so it happened just as the scripture said, scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called a friend of God. Did you know righteousness means right relationship? How many of you have right relationship with your spouse, at least today and for now? Amen. I mean, there's bumping up against those things in relationship, but I want to be in right relationship with the people around me. And often, too, I, I always, I want to be right. Everybody said amen. I mean, I want to be right, but I, want, I desire right relationship more than being right in the moment because being right, okay, fine. But I want to be in right relationship with the people that God has put around me in community. And sometimes we bump up against things. And that's why we talk about Matthew 18. If you've got something against your brother, go to them. We talk about it in membership. Go to them. Talk to them. Don't talk about them behind their back, but go to them and be a true friend. I know it's not always easy. Sometimes it's hard, but that's what God desires for us to do in, in interaction and relationship. Our justification in Jesus, how we're made righteous by God, did you know that actually changes your fruit for the kingdom? Because you're not all selfish and self-centered anymore because you're like, I'm a friend of God and he's given me all this stuff to give away. I want to bear fruit for the kingdom. It changes things, or it should anyways. In the context of genuine relationship with the creator of the universe, we speak different. Pastor Scott talked about it last week. When people look at you, when they look at your Facebook, when they look at all your social media, or when they see you at home, does that look like Jesus? I mean, it's a, it's a good thing because the more we look like Jesus and our actions and our motives reflect him, it advances the kingdom, right? Luke 19.10, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good friend, right? Came, I came to give it all for you because I desire to be your friend. I want to be your friend. Friend or enemy? Some of you probably feel like you have lots of enemies. Oh, come on. Be so serious. You're like, oh man, that guy from high school. Oh man, her? You know, I... I got reconnected with a friend over this last week and it was amazing. We spent 30 minutes talking about everything 20, 20 years ago. Last time I saw him and actually probably talked to him was at my wedding. We had lots of catching up to do. It was great to hear kind of what had gone on in his life and I'm looking forward to building relationship again. So ask yourself this question, am I a friend of God? Do my actions and the things that I do and say look like Jesus? Do they reflect a good picture of what it is? Sometimes I think we're like a frenemy of Jesus. God, I want to be your friend when it benefits me, when it's super easy, when I'm not challenged, when I don't have to allow you to have control. But when it gets a little hard, I'm out. So I'll be a friend today and tomorrow, mm, not so much. I mean, I, I, know that I, I know that sometimes I wrestle with that. Am, am, I, am I being a true friend to you? How many of you have some friends like that where you're like, mm, 
People are like, well, who is that? Well, this is my friend, right? He's my friend. I feel like Kermit the Frog for a moment. He's my friend. Um, but you'll identify people. Some is easier than others. And other friendships and relationships are challenging. And God gives us, gives us those relationships so that we grow in relationship with him. Because if you don't pray prior to going to their house, you might hurt them, right? Or when they call, you see the number and you're like, do I answer? Yeah, I think I'm supposed to, but our time and our intimacy with God makes us a friend of God, and then it makes us a friend to others, too. We, we get this great opportunity to reflect God. You know, and if we're not, James 4, 4 is pretty clear, too, that our enmity is the hostile opposition to someone. Have you ever just woken up and thought, I'm in hostile opposition to God? No, <laughs> especially if we profess to know him and love him and seek after him. We're not, we're not waking up going, yeah, I'm an enemy of God today. I mean, you just, I don't even, non-believers don't even do that. You just don't. You don't wake up and be like, yeah, I'm going to just be in hostile opposition to the creator of the universe. Where do you light me up with one finger? No. Did you know there's only one gospel? And that gospel points over and over again to a friend that is, sticks closer than a brother? A friend that pursued you and is still pursuing you and desires deeper relationship with you? Who loves you so much that even when Jesus left that he put his Holy Spirit on the inside of you so that you could accomplish anything good for the sake of the kingdom? Amen. That's pretty amazing stuff. You know, it's like anybody ever had a roommate that's super messy? Oh my goodness, me too. Can you imagine God coming in and he's your friend, he comes into your room and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm out. No, he doesn't do that though. He'll come right in. Sometimes if I just come into a room and there's stuff in there because I share space with five women, pray for me. Um, I just start kicking things. It's my half, my half, your half, your half, your half, because that's mostly what it is. Another fun fact about me, don't look at Leslie. The other fun thing about me is my clothes are color-coded from left to right. And I have all black hangers. Don't come to my house. Okay? Actually, I have one white one right now, and it is driving me batty. Can't stand it. Anyways, freedom! Okay. There's one gospel that changes us and then allows us to be good to anyone around us. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anything that takes your focus off of that is, is sin. Can I just say that? Is that okay? Does that make anybody uncomfortable? Anything that takes your focus off of Jesus, you're like, oh, I'm just not, I'm going over here or this thing or that thing. This on social media, this in political realms. Man, focus on Jesus. The gospel is powerful. It's good news. This guy, even in your hostile opposition to him, wants to be your friend. In your, in your strugglings, in the sanctification process, which Paul says, hey, this is a lifelong deal. It's not going to happen. Like, I wish I could snap things in and out. It doesn't happen that way. It's a process. God's molding us and shaping us more into his image for other people. We probably all had a bad friend, too. I think sometimes bad friends cause us to throw up walls. People have uh, investment opportunity into our life and we give them that access and sometimes it damages us, right? 
Sometimes our past experiences, we, we like to hitch him to a trailer load of, of friendship and we just take it around. It'd be like, a, be like a wagon, radio flyer. What's that? Oh, that's all my hurts from relationships. And we just tote him around and we hold on to him and we, we allow that to actually reflect on a relationship with a really good God who pursues us and loves us and desires to know us. Proverbs 18, 24 says, there are friends who destroy each other. We've all seen that probably over the last year, more so than any other time on the face of a planet. But a real friend sticks closer than a brother. When you're going through stuff and you feel like you want to do the wrong thing and you make a call and they come in and, or they show up, that's how you know you've got a really good friend. When your friend will speak, it, speak to you in the things that they see that are off base, that's a good friend. I always tell my kids, if you don't call your friends out in that, you actually hate them. What? Yeah, you actually hate them if you don't call them out because you're saying, oh, well, I'm just going to, again, I'm going to blind eye that. I'm not going to pay attention. Man, lovingly, with truth and grace, speak into their life. Amen? Because we're all in this together, right? But we become guarded by our experiences in relationships and we won't allow anybody to come into our little hovel because this is our safe space, right? If I remain here in friendship and I just got a guy, you know, Jesse, I know he's pretty okay, but I'll only let him get so close because we had to be vulnerable in that. And sometimes that's difficult and hard, but God wants to, wants to restore you. I mean, if you're in here and you've had some bad experiences, I'm sorry. And there is a living, loving God that wants to deal with all that rubbish so that you can accomplish good stuff for his kingdom. Amen. There are gifts and talents here today that are locked up because you've had bad experiences and today God wants to deal with them. Amen? He wants to put a fellowship around you, a community around you of friends who will honestly go through hell or high water with you. So say yes. I know it's challenging, but say yes. So good for us. Somebody even said, hey, is it really in the Bible that we're supposed to gather together? Yes. We're supposed to gather together. Why? Because we need each other. We, don't, we can't be islands. We'll, we'll make it for a minute, man. And the enemy of your soul would love to wreck every relationship you have and point to the fact that God is that way too. But he's not, right? God starts, keeps, restores, and sustains relationship as we pursue him. You can come to cultivate, man. Learn about how to live healthy relationships out in that. Right over here tonight. Come. Here, here's some of this, you know, kind of rehashed again of what it is to be a friend of God and learn how to live in right relationship. Pursuing God and then pursuing others. It's healthy. It's good for us. Does anybody ever lack follow through? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amen. Thank you, Matthew. One honest person today. My brain runs so fast sometimes that I'll start a bunch of stuff and then you start walking around your house, right? Thank you for that silent amen, Vinton. You start walking around, you're like, oh my gosh, this place is a wreck. This is there. Where's my screwdriver? I have screwdrivers everywhere. Again, this is my OCD, but like I have this thing that kind of lets me just spread stuff out. My, my wife's running joke is where I grew up outside of Palmer was a place called Soapstone. And she said, babe, it's looking a little Soapstone out there. I know when she says that, I need to make some adjustments. I need to get back in my groove. Follow through. Often, sometimes we think we've failed God in that and he doesn't want to be our friend because we've made empty promises. We've said we would do certain things and then when we come to the end of a year or the new year, we go, oh 
man, my follow-through was brutal. But you know what God says? He doesn't go, shame on you. I gave you all this stuff and you still messed it up? And he says, no, come, let me help you. I, I'm so good. I want to show you that even in your lack, I can do great things if you'll just simply say yes. Honor God with the things you say you're going to do. I mean, that's what James was saying about Abraham. His actions just going, I don't know if this makes any sense. I, I've just heard your voice. and I'm going to pack up my entire family and head to some place. You're not even going to tell me about it until I get there. Okay. He goes. And God meets him in that place and pursues him in that place and builds a relationship with Abraham and says, Abraham, I want to do great things through your life. I want to use you. I think sometimes we just go, man, but what if, what if I don't see it come to pass? I mean, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about this. All these heroes of the faith, these friends of God who spent intense time with them, ran hard and swung for the fences and they didn't even get to see the completion of it. I think sometimes we're like, well, God, if I give you all that access and I do all this, all this stuff for you, then what if I don't see it? What if you don't? What if you do? I mean, it's like the parable of the sower. Sometimes we get to plant, sometimes we pour the water, and sometimes we get to reap the harvest. And it's amazing when you're in that moment where you're like, oh, I reap the harvest. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Sometimes you walk away and you're like, I only planted a seed and they're, they're still far off from God. Well, praise God, at least you planted a seed. To be a friend of God is to be about God's business too. And that's where we'll find our greatest fulfillment in that is following through with the things we say we're going to do for the sake of the kingdom of God. Again, it's not about words. And sometimes I say this, sometimes it's not about your human effort either. Say amen. amen. It's not about how much stuff you do or how hard you're necessarily working at it. Because if you do it in your humanity without the Holy Spirit in you, you're going to get tired. God says, look, let me fill you. Let me empower you. Let me walk with you. I desire to be with you. Yeah, but I made a mistake, and I know, and I'm going to fix that mistake too. Let me walk with you. Because really what he wants to do is he wants to be your best friend. He wants to be a God that you come to on every detail. God, I've lost my keys. Can you please help me? Yes, I'll help you find your keys. Pray for your keys, man. You'll find them quicker. God, where... God, I love my kid. Help me, because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. God, I want to love my wife better. I want to be a better example of you to my family. Help me, help me do that, because I'm failing. God, I want to be better connected as a spouse. Help me, because I want to I see that succeed. Will you breathe new life on me so that I can, I can give it away? No greater love there is no greater love than to lay one's life down for friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves. You're not a slave. Amen? You're not a slave. Okay, that's a little better. Because a master doesn't confide in his slaves, now, are you, my, now you are my friend since I have told you everything the Father told me. You're not a slave, you're his friend. He calls you friend, each and every one of you here today. 
So here's, here's our part. God, I'm gonna consistently pursue you. I wanna be your friend. I wanna know everything that you have for me. And I wanna be a good friend to the people that you've given me the opportunity to walk in community with. I wanna pursue you with everything that I am and then I want you to grow us in community and relationship so that it reflects Jesus everywhere I go. I think God would say this to us today. I, I love you. I am your friend. I want to hear all your desires and all your rants and all your fifth grade tantrums, whatever it happens to be, I, I'll take it all. I want to speak to you. I wanna love you with a love that you can't even fathom. And I want to walk with you through it all. Here's what I know. People are looking for, for hope in a world that is hopeless. They are absolutely looking for hope and someone who will love them and walk with them. Guess who that is? Me. It's me. It's you. It's everyone in this place today that says, Jesus, I love you. I call you Lord and Savior. Now I want to be about your business. Help me. Will you, and this is my question, regardless of hurts, past experiences confrontations that may have to happen, boundaries that may have to be set, or even potential things that look like failure, will you pursue relationship with a really good God? I play this game and if you get stuck outside of the safe zone, you begin to die. I know it sounds really weird. You're like, Oregon Trail? No, not quite that bad, but. But in this game, there's a safe zone and if you don't make it to the safe zone, you begin to die. Some of you may feel like you're, you're like not in the safe zone. You feel like you've been getting pummeled. Some of you are here today and you don't even know what or who God is and he wants to be your friend today. But if you get stuck in the safe zone, you begin to die and your health goes away and, and then you're stuck outside the safe zone. And I think that's really what it is when we're not walking in relationship with God, when we don't know him as friend. So I just want to give you an opportunity. I just want to, want to say during, during this time right now, just say yes to Jesus, come to the safe zone. He is a really good friend and he desires to be close to you in all of your mess and all of your glory too. He wants, to, he wants to be on the mountaintop with you. He wants to walk in the valley and then go through the valley and to the next thing that he brings to your life. That's how good he is. We just close your eyes with me and pray. If you want to know Jesus as Lord and Savior and friend, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. If you just want to say yes to Jesus, you can just say yes, yes right now. Yes, Jesus, I want you. Yes, Jesus, I want you to be my friend. Maybe you're walking in a not right understanding of who he is and how close he wants to be. Just say, God, I repent of not allowing you to be my friend. I, I desire that. I need to know that in a deeper way. I want to be your friend. Will you help me? So God, I pray for everyone in this place today. I pray this, God, that they would know you and not just know of you, but have that deep, intimate relationship with you to know you as friend, to know you as the one who would pay with all of his blood and sacrifice his very life to be with him. So will you help them? And if that's you, just say, Jesus, I say yes to you. Come on, pray with me. God, I give you my life. Come on, pray with me. God, I give you my life. I desire you. And Holy Spirit, I need you. So would you come and fill me? 
would you change my life? Would you remove blockage and, and walls? Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life. Continue to change my life. I love you. I need you. In Jesus' name. Here's the thing, as a believer walking in right relationship with the, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in you, then you're no longer a horrible rank waste of space or a sinner. Amen? He doesn't call you slave, he calls you friends. Come here, I want to tell you everything that I think that I know and everything I do know, and then I'm going to have you go and do it. And you're just like, woo, come on, speak to me, God. You've been saved by grace through faith by the creator of the universe. God is absolutely pleased to call you son or daughter, period. That's it. He calls you son and daughter. He calls you co-heir to the throne. Let that break your brain for a minute. He's like, I love you so much. I just want you to be right here with me. Because that's the only thing that enables us to do anything good for the sake of the kingdom is his life in us. His life in us and his life through us to show this dead, dying, and broken world that there's hope and his name is Jesus. Friends, man, that will walk through horrible things and good things and everything in, 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 in between in the context of great community where believers gather together and encourage each other. So as we look at uh, communion today, I mean, look at Jesus and Judas, right? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna reach down and grab this because we're gonna hand it out. This is really odd and don't fall. Thank you. Thomas, you're a good friend. But as we, as we get ready to hand out communion during this song of worship, or these songs of worship, we just, again, we wanna, wanna direct you to, once you get communion, you're welcome to take it during worship. If you said yes to Jesus and you invited him into your heart today, we would love for you to celebrate with us. You made one of the greatest, the greatest decision that'll continue to change your life in profound, awesome ways for the rest of time here and then eternity with him. So take communion with us today. But in John 13, Jesus knows everything that's gonna happen. They're all reclined, they'd just eaten the meal and they were gonna, they were gonna share, share some communion. And Jesus does this weird thing with the guy who's gonna betray him and he washes his feet. He takes off his robes. He takes off his authority and he, he lays it aside and he said, I'm here to serve you. That's how good of a friend I am. And he washes their feet and he's not so wrapped up, wrapped up in what it is to be God. He's like, ah, it doesn't matter, man. I love you so much. I'll wash your feet. And then he puts it back on his authority and he sits across from Judas even with an enemy, he had just washed his feet, shared a meal. He knows he's going to deny him, but the heart of God says, Judas, I love you and your brokenness and your, your betrayal. I love you. And that's hard to grasp, but that's how powerful this is. Jesus, your body broken for me. Jesus, your blood poured out for me. Jesus wasn't, wasn't uh, confused about that. He said, I'm just gonna extend friendship even if you feel like you're an enemy. Come on, come here. I wanna be close to you. 
I want to know you. And I want you to understand who I am. I'm a really good God, son. I'm a really good father, daughter. I know the past has been rough, but I want to walk with you. So he took that bread and he dipped it and he passed it on. He said, Judas, even for you, my body's broken. I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to choose to love you. Choose to love somebody this week. And then Jesus, I just thank you for your blood that covers over all sin and messed upness. I'm thankful, God, for your body broken for me your body broken for us. And God, I ask that you would come and let your blood change us, wash over us, and speak to the fact that, Lord, you got victory and you came for me so much so that you would lay down your whole life. So, Lord, we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full-service replays, visit our media page on hcfburnit.org and follow us on social media. God bless and have a great week.